welcome to another episode of Untrue Crime, where fiction meets felonies. I'm Belle DeWing. And I'm Alexandria Parker. Today's episode includes content warnings for violent death. We'd like to apologize for the delay in the episode, as my grandfather unfortunately has passed away and delayed everything in relation to the episode from that point. We decided to delay it by a day, and today you get a Saturday episode. This is your fair warning that this podcast uses explicit language before someone walks in at just the wrong time. As a last warning, today's episode includes violent death. Let's get this started, shall we? We shall. Let's revisit the real world for a moment. Cut the magic, cut the portals, no interdimensional travel, let's just look at the world that we know. This case is the most traditional of true crime stories, an unsolved case with a series of related deaths. It's a bit complex, so pull out your pinboards and red strings. Our story is set in Colorado, the United States of America. If you've read the title, you know we have six different strangulation stories to look at, so let's introduce you to all the characters. I'll be saying their names as much as possible to help you out. Thank you, I appreciate that. It is, it is a lot of names. I will warn everybody now. Good thing I am good with names. I, I'm a name whiz. A name, a name genius, one okay. might say. Hey, Alex. Oh. Name a name. I will... Adam. What was that? It's a name. Adam. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thank I you. bet you're not even a fan of names. You can't even name five names. I can name I can name five names. Um Adam, Kelsey, Maddie, Maria, Antoinette. Three of those were your characters' names. And then Antoinette was the name of some historical figure that you really like marie antoinette i know i said maria and then i thought of marie antoinette and so that came next but see i did name five names okay so your point okay. is invalid well I'm a name namer we'll see if you can keep name up the names okay the kirks were a happy family of three charles kirk 53 talia kirk charles. 49 talia okay Yes, you know their names. You have the script. I'm and doing also, great. I'm telling you. Okay. Olivia Kirk, 18. The fathers, Charles Kirk, brought home flowers for his wife, Talia Kirk, every Tuesday evening, and every other Saturday they went on dates. Talia was a doting wife and she lived a good life. Charles made money working at an insurance company, so Talia was able to be a stay at home mother to her daughter, Olivia Kirk. Talia took this role very seriously, driving Olivia to all her cheerleading practices, making her and Charles home-cooked meals every night, and making sure that she stayed on top of her own self-care. Talia As Kirk, she should. That's part of being a, like a good mom, is making sure that you are taking care of yourself as well. As my mother always says, you have to put on your own oxygen mask first. So, that is so true. Do you know who else says that? You don't take care of yourself. Your mother? The Southwest flight attendant. I know. That's where she got it from. Uh, although the Southwest flight attendant often says, like, put on your own oxygen mask first and then pick your favorite child. Um, I know because I go on a lot of Southwest flights. So I can they guarantee make you that I have been on more Southwest flights, but that is because I was a competitive figure skater. Then you can confirm that they make that joke all the time. I cannot. I... I'm just now hearing of this joke. What? I've heard that joke at least 10 times. I'm sorry. I, I really have never heard that. I've Oh. Okay. Well, I it's have all... heard it on multiple Southwest flights. 
Anyway, Maybe it's you should just all fly region. Southwest. You should we all love Southwest. And Southwest should sponsor us. Yeah. Southwest. Shout out to Southwest. Not sponsored, but it could be. You know who has never lost my baggage? South- Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines. You know. Southwest Airlines. Who has never failed to put me on a plane, even if it's been delayed? Southwest, Southwest Airlines. Airlines. You know who doesn't have any change or cancellation fees? Southwest, Southwest Airlines. Airlines. Hell yeah. I always fly Southwest. I am a loyal Southwest customer. Anyway, please sponsor us. We want money. I agree. I would love some extra money. I would love Southwest to sponsor us. Currently, this is a freelance podcast, but it doesn't have to be. I could talk about a different Southwest flight that I've taken in every single episode. We can make it a segment. We could talk about crimes that Southwest has prevented with their customer service. Exactly. 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 Okay. Back to the story. Okay. Yeah. Talia Kirk was living the suburban wife dream, and Olivia Kirk lived the high school life dream. Olivia was the captain of the cheerleading team, she could throw parties when her parents were out, and she was popular amongst her peers. Olivia, though still in the closet, was gay. Charles, We love the gays! We do. We are the gays. We are. Charles, her father, was notably homophobic, which is why she chose to stay in the closet, but her mother, Talia, was supportive. Olivia wasn't sure how to approach the scenario, and decided to wait until college to tell them, in case her father became angry. She didn't think that Charles was the type to get angry, but if you've ever been gay and around someone mildly homophobic, you're aware of the potential consequences of your secret getting out. Understandable. I planned to come out after I was finished with college, but I got outed before that, which is a story I shall not tell on this podcast. But I will drop that little traumatic tidbit and continue Ooh, to Ooh, that's a good story. segment. Traumatic tidbits. Traumatic tid... We can include that with the Southwest segment. Yes. Traumatic, traumatic tid- tidbits traumatic about tid- other airlines. Traumatic tidbits about and Southwest segments. Well, we shouldn't say exact airlines if we're roasting them. I'll say it. Fuck. I will actually remove <laughs> this part of the podcast because they can tell us to Fuck, take okay. it down if they have slander in it. That yes, they can send a lawyered email, lawyered up email, and tell us no. You must take the podcast down now. You have to remove this episode in which you talk, you slander yeah. our airline. All right, I'll just slander recreationally. Despite this all, she had a lovely girlfriend that she considered to be worth every secret she kept. Ivory Lawson, 17, and a fellow cheerleader. Olivia had pictures of them all over her bedroom, and Ivory had love letters from her pinned up on her wall. Some of the girls on the cheer team knew that Olivia and Ivory were in a relationship, but they did their best to keep it under the rug otherwise. It wasn't super dangerous, but it risked Olivia getting outed to her father, Charles. Ivory, on the other hand, had very supportive parents. Ivory's parents were aware, but recognized to keep their mouths shut around Charles and Talia. The gardeners were a pair, but a family nonetheless. A single mother, Tegan Gardner, 41, and her daughter, Melissa Gardner, 18. Melissa's father had walked out at an early age, leaving Tegan Gardner to raise her on her own. Tegan had to make many sacrifices for her daughter, but it only tied the two closer. 
Melissa idolized Tegan, and Tegan adored the affection her daughter gave her. Tegan was always there to hold Melissa's hand, especially through her recent breakup with her boyfriend, Travis Marsh. Melissa and Travis had- I suspect him. For what? So, the, 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 the murders. All of them? I can't remember if it was strangulations or suffocations that we- I don't remember what the episode is called. But, whichever it is, I blame Travis Marsh. Okay. It's a suspicious name. He's got Marsh as his last name. You could hide a body in a marsh. In fact, people used to do that, and then they would get preserved, and that's how you get bog bodies. Chose your wrote a song about Alex. That is that is excellent. Anytime. He wanted to explore other options, and Melissa went in full rampages over it. She keyed his car, spray painted his house, the whole nine yards. Luckily, Tegan was able to work it out with Travis's parents and covered the fines so her daughter Melissa was not reported to any police. So, he cheated on her? No, exploring other options doesn't mean cheating. It means he broke up with her because he wanted to cheat on her. Okay, but he didn't cheat on her. No. At least, as far as we know, he never cheated on her. But he broke up with her because he was like, hey, I want to go have sex with other women. Well, personally, I think that's the more responsible thing to do than just doing it while you're still in a relationship with somebody. I would agree. I would agree. But Melissa was not pleased about this. No, understandably so. No, no, no. I I, I stand by the anger, not the actions. (laughs) Melissa resorted to social media stalking, but to please her mom, tried not to do anything physical again. Whoa! Okay. I even more support not Melissa now. Travis? I, you know what? I forgive Travis. I changed my mind. So at first it was Travis killed everyone. I don't know who's dead because I haven't read the script yet, which I asked her not to do. This wasn't her being irresponsible. This was a, hey, I didn't write anything in there. So just be surprised. Yeah, I have not read this this story yet. Yeah, no, initially I heard Travis Marsh and I was like, suspicious. You know what? I forgive Travis. And I don't think he did anything wrong. And I think that Melissa is a serial killer. Awesome. Okay. So you, you've changed your suspicions despite not knowing have, any of the story. I've switched sides. I've, I've flipped. I've jumped to the other side of the wall. Awesome. Okay. Tegan Gardner and Talia Kirk were part of the same parenting group, so they had known each other for quite some time. No one would say they were close, but Melissa had been on the cheer team with Olivia when she was in high school, so they were closer than the other parents. There's one other parent in the group that's notable, and that's Lily Ross, new mom, 26. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations. We love new moms. Congratulations. We love any moms, actually, except for abusive ones. Except bad moms. We don't love bad moms. Yeah, we're very generalized. Gotta love a good mom. Always love a good mom. I love my mom. I love my mom. My God. Same. Twinsies. (laughs) Same thing. Okay, go on. That's crazy incidents melissa loves her mom oh does she or does she murder her mom because melissa is a serial killer as i've decided you're gonna you're just gonna have to see you don't even know who dies yet okay no i don't bet it's not melissa because she's the killer (laughs) okay okay she was introduced to the group through her boyfriend neil jensen 31 who worked with talia kirk's husband for the insurance company 
Neil had confided in Charles when Lily got pregnant and had been introduced to Talia at a work party so she could have a bit of advice from a fellow mom. However, Lily and Talia didn't have much in common, but Lily still attended the parenting group and found other friends there. That was okay, because that's what parenting groups are for, is to find solidarity in other parents. It didn't have to be Talia, just because Charles had introduced her. That's right, it could be any women supporting other women. Well, love to parenting. It. It's not just mothers, it's parents. Oh, it's a mixed group. There's, there's dads in this group too? Yeah, it's a parenting group. It's not a specifically mother I... group. I appreciate that. Right? I appreciate that. I appreciate it when fathers put in an effort to raise their children. It's, you know, it's not not in like a, in like a oh, a dad does the bare minimum and then all of a sudden he's a saint kind of way. Absolutely. I think it's really stupid. Like a dad holds a baby and everyone is like, oh my God, what an incredible dad. You know, I can't believe he babysat his like, kid. Looked after his own child. I mean, like, going above and beyond, like, by joining a parenting support group, something like that. I appreciate that. I also think they don't do that it's enough. really important for dads to have resources because they are already at a societal low if they are single dads. They don't have changing rooms in the bathrooms most often. They're only in women's bathrooms. Men are more typically judged for walking around holding a little girl's hand for good reason, but... That doesn't mean that they should not also have resources. So I appreciate that there are parenting groups rather than just mother groups. So it includes these people that otherwise don't have that many resources. I appreciate that. It's like a, it's a whole world of parent bonding. Exactly, exactly. Lily had befriended Tegan as she had lost her parents from a young age and was able to provide comfort for Melissa. Luckily, she had stayed with her uncle, Wade Robinette, 74, who is the last major character in this story. Wade had raised Lily as his own. I have to be, I have to be really honest with you. Remember when I said I was really good with names? Okay. I've lost track of the names. I don't remember who's who. Wade is the uncle. Um, there's the gardeners. So and there's the ones, the Kirks. Lily had a child with Neil. And her uncle is Wade. She is in a parenting group with Tegan, who is Melissa's mother, who you think right. is a serial killer, and Talia. Talia's husband is Charles, who works for the same insurance agency as Neil, and his daughter is gay, which is her notable quality now. Yeah, so the Kirks are, are Talia, Charles, and Olivia. And then Olivia has a girlfriend, Ivory. So the... Kirks are the ones with the daughter in the closet, and that's yes. Charles and Talia and their daughter, Olivia. Then they know the gardeners, which is Tegan and Melissa, the yes. single mom, and Melissa, who I've determined is a serial killer. Yes. And they know each other through the parenting group. And then there's Lily, who is also in the parenting group, and she is the new mom, and her partner is Neil. Yes. And there's Wade, who is her Goal. yes that's it there's, there's travis ivory no there's ivory I ivory and travis oh it's are... travis marsh who is innocent and there is ivory who is dating a kirk daughter yes there you go right all right i got it i know it's a bit confusing it gets more clear as you hear an actual story instead of just character descriptions carrying on i'm gonna go back a few lines just so wade is clear 
Luckily, she had stayed with her uncle, Wade Robinette, 74, who is the last major character in this story. Wade had raised Lily as his own, but was fine being put in a nursing home, so he wasn't a burden on Lily and her new baby. He had health issues that needed to be monitored, and that would be too much for a new mom. If this seems... It is so sad. Yeah, but I I kind of get it on a certain level where it's, you can come visit me, I'm not dying tomorrow, kind of, kind of vibe. Still sad, Assisted though. living doesn't mean death. No, but it does mean living away from, like, your actual home and your family. Yes. And the place that you belong. It's hard to transition into it. I mean, I've never done it. But from <laughs> what I've heard, it's hard to transition into assisted living. Yeah, I, I can fully agree that it would be very difficult as someone that has never gone through assisted living. And I've technically never been... I've been to an assisted living facility once, but that's it. If this seems like a lot of information, you're not alone, as per Alex's quips. There are plenty of people to keep track of, but don't stress, I will help you throughout this case, and I'm writing the script, so I'll be sure to check it over a few times to make it sure it's clear. To be clear, I did not do that. So we're going to ignore that I'm lying here. Our story begins on June 2nd, 2023. What lie? <laughs> what do you mean, what lie? I said nothing. I, wasn't, I didn't say anything about a lie. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even hear a lie. You misheard me. Are you remembering that right? Call me Ophelia von Rhein. I, I don't remember anything. <laughs> Our story begins on June 2nd, 2023. It's a cloudy Friday here in Colorado, but unluckily for them, it did not deter Fate's plans. Let's begin with the Kirks, in the perspective of Charles Kirk, father to Olivia Kirk and husband to Talia Kirk. He says that it was another normal day. The family wakes right on time at 6 a.m. All wake up at 6 a.m.? Yes, they all wake up at 6 a.m. Okay. He says that Olivia was particularly grumpy that morning, complaining about the AP calculus test that she had that day. Talia made eggs and... Yeah, AP Calc would be terrible. I would literally rather walk through poison ivy. Talia made eggs and pancakes for them all, though Charles was not hungry that morning and opted to skip it. Olivia, on the other hand, seemed particularly hungry. Olivia was quoted to be at all of her classes and none of her teachers noticed anything off about her behavior. Talia, on the other hand, was obviously alone in the house. Because of this, we don't know what she did that day, but we can make some guesses. She had a list of chores to complete throughout the day, with a few crossed out. The list that was crossed out was as follows. Get dinner supplies. Tomatoes, pasta, garlic, mozzarella. Clean guest bathroom. Bake cookies for meeting. This is notable because although she was seen at a superstore to buy said items, she also bought rope and firewood. We know that people saw her there and can confirm her purchases, as the next place she was seen was at the parenting group, where she brought cookies. Suspicious. Very suspicious. A bit of important background here. I know, more background. In 2003, a parenting group in their town was created to help support other parents. Compare notes, so to say. If you've ever been in a parenting group, you know that there's typically 8 to 10 people, but this one was much larger as it grew through the years. It was an excellent resource to those in town, and it quickly became a small community within their own. It wasn't exclusive, but you had to know someone to really be invited, as it was rude to simply show up without someone introducing you. 
This is the parenting group that Tegan Gardner and Talia Kirk were a part of. As their children were close in age and had similar activities, they were more often together, even if they were not friends. However, being around one parent often means dealing with the other. Tegan found herself talking with Charles Kirk, Talia's husband, quite often. He understood the working parent narrative, something that Talia did not participate in, as Charles took care of all of her finances. The two became close friends shortly after, even though Charles did not participate in this parenting group. With that covered, at this meeting on June 2, 2023, she didn't share much. She gave some helpful tips on weaning and made some snide comments about feeding children fast food, but nothing super notable, nothing out of the ordinary. At the end of the meeting, Tegan Gardner stood with an announcement that this was her three-year anniversary with her boyfriend. Many witnesses to this event stated that this was an odd announcement to make, as she had never discussed having a boyfriend and had regularly claimed the title of single mom without batting an eye. Of course... You can... You can... Oh, never mind. You're about to say it. Never mind. Yep, yep. Of course, single moms can still date, but more often than not, they do mention their partner occasionally. This is a social group. Is that what you are going to say? Yes, I was about to say, um, she can be a single mom and still date, but you, you covered it, so we're yeah, good. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that it was clear. We support parents here on the podcast. We do, we do. Except for parents, bad ones. Except for bad ones. Parents deserve more support in society. Especially in the United States. Especially in the United States. And I don't want kids, and I think that parents need more support in the United States. I'm with you on that. So this was a social group. Single moms can still date. All of that. After getting some questions as to who this hidden man was, she proudly claimed that it was Charles Kirk who was planning on leaving his wife, Talia. <gasps> Talia. Plot twist! Yes. Backstabbing. Oh my. The shady. Three year anniversary. It is 2023 at this point. They started having an affair in the ripe year of 2020. During lockdown? During lockdown. They were canoodling during lockdown. <laughs> there was, it there was, was probably contact. not safe during germs. They could have given contact each other COVID. Between households. Were they less than six feet apart? They were most definitely less than six feet apart. No! And you know what, Alex? What? I bet they were less than six inches apart. <gasps> Although I, I guess that really depends on Charles. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Talia, of course, lost her shit. Any respectable woman would do so after her husband's affair stood in the center of her social group to claim him as her own. This turned into a screaming match between the two women, in which Lily Ross called the police on. They were broken up prior to needing law enforcement, but it was a documented event by them as well. The two went their separate ways, and the day continues. Charles Kirk received a message from his longtime affair, Tegan Gardner, that everyone knew about them now. He says that he kept an even keel, and his text messages do imply it, but his co-workers claim that he was flying off the handle. Neil Jensen, who was also his co-worker at the insurance company, tried to calm him down, but to no avail. Charles notably left work early that day, and he later appeared at Tegan Gardner's house. She was not there. After many rejected calls, he decided to try to head home to work things out with his wife instead. Neighbors claim there was a lot of yelling before he left, 
and that he sped off through their neighborhood. We do not know where he went at that point, but we do know that at 8 p.m., he was at Lily Ross's house. Lily Ross, for those that remember, is the woman that called the police. She is also Neil Jensen's girlfriend, Charles's co-worker, and the niece of Wade Robinette. Lily Ross had a new baby at that point, and Neil introduced her to Charles and Talia, who invited her to the parenting group. However, she didn't really enjoy Talia's company, and ended up close friends with Teagan Gardner, who was also at the house at 8pm. Okay, so who else is at the house? Charles, the baby, Lily Ross, and Teagan Gardner. Okay, so the single mom, cheating husband, baby, the new mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the affair partners... And new mom and baby. Short recap here. Charles Kirk is cheating on his wife, Talia Kirk, with Tegan Gardner. Tegan Gardner announces this to the parenting group that Lily Ross and Talia Kirk are in. Talia and Tegan get into a fight. Lily calls the police. The police are dismissed. We don't know where Tegan nor Lily went, but Talia went home. Charles went to Tegan's house, only to go back to argue with Talia for a short period of time. He disappears for a few hours and is then seen at Lily Ross's house at 8 p.m. with both Lily Ross and Tegan Gardner. The child is not stated because I personally do not like even fictional babies. Again, untrue crime. Stating much about them. You don't like talking about babies? I just, I feel like this is... I don't like when they are included prominently in media. Why? I feel that children should be inherently protected oh i don't think that i thought you just meant like you hated like visage of babies and i was like well no no i i think that the less content there is of young children online the better the world would be enough i am a strong believer that actors if should go full hamilton with it and stand on their knees if they would like a child character Talia, on the other hand, was found dead in her bedroom with rope burns around her neck. She was not found until Charles came home around 3 in the morning. Police were immediately called. In the house itself, there was a broken window and missing items. Interestingly enough, the rope that she had bought that day was not the rope that she had been strangled with, as it was still in pristine condition in their shed, along with the firewood she had bought. Though they did conclude it was a murder, it shortly thereafter became an active investigation. But where was Olivia Kirk, daughter of Charles and Talia, during all of this? As mentioned, Olivia was out with friends that night. It was their last blowout party of the year, their senior party. Olivia had gone home with her girlfriend, Ivory Lawson, to get ready for this event. After all, it was their last high school party. They had to make this a night to remember. Interestingly enough, Melissa Gardner, Tegan Gardner's daughter, had also attended this party, as she used to attend the high school and still had some friends going there. Witness statements claim that the party was, before significant events, a normal one. Though none admitted to underage drinking themselves, they did quote that there was copious amounts of alcohol there, and Olivia, Ivory, and Melissa had been drinking that night. Though none could confirm if Melissa spoke to them together, reports state that she was seen talking to both Olivia and Ivory separately at different times. Obviously, she can't talk to them separately together. Right. She's not a- she can't multiply herself. Not that kind of- on true crime story she doesn't have the mouse miraculous of course that out that's we'll probably no no we can't say that <laughs> we, we must include that we are miraculous fans though primarily of later seasons. are we allowed to say that she, she does not have the miraculous of the mouse or will that get us like like a copyright thing okay no we are fine mentions of media are fine especially since we're not mentioning and i can 
it out, like, like the full name of the series. It is a reference to a piece of media. They have not copyrighted the usage of the word mouse miraculous. Okay. You should include our entire discussion about whether or not we would get into legal trouble about that in this. Okay, excellent. Will do. By accounts of the cheerleading team, Olivia had a distaste for Melissa, as she knew her father was cheating with her mother. One of the reports by someone that had seen them talk was described as spiteful and aggressive. Melissa claims that she had no idea that her mother was having an affair with Charles. Tegan claims that she never told Melissa, and Charles claimed that he had hardly ever met Melissa. Ivory's conversation with her was quoted to be distant. At approximately one in the morning, there were a multitude of gunshots heard coming from the backyard, and one of the windows shattered. This sent the drunken teenagers into a blind panic, and they began fleeing the house in masses. 911 was called, and police were at the scene in minutes. They found two people dead, Ivory Lawson and Olivia Kirk. <gasps> the lovers! The lovers! Oh! Is this a show where we bury our gays, or...? Unfortunately, because I am gay, many of my stories do include gay characters, and they do die. We do die sometimes. We do a lot- of, there's a lot of dying on this show, so it's- Exactly. It's unavoidable. Everyone dies on this show indiscriminately. We do us. not discriminate. Yeah, we can't die. We then cannot. the show would not continue. Exactly. Again, not a challenge. I'm looking at you, Nathaniel. Leave that in the episode. I will leave it in the episode, not to worry. Thank you. Neither were officially murdered, so to say, but their deaths were part of a larger investigation. Olivia Kirk was written off as being trampled, as she was found face down on the floor with multiple broken ribs, one that had punctured her lung. However, in a later autopsy, it was found that she had GHB, or gamma hoc- I don't know why I thought I could pronounce that. I'm leaving that in the episode. Gamma hydroxybutyricid. Acid. Look it up, folks. Y'all have access to the internet. You have access to Google. No one calls it that. It's GHB. It's GHB. It's GHB. If you don't know what GHB is, it's probably because you're a child. Get off this show. Explicit content only. Where are your parents? You cannot even pay your taxes. You don't. Exactly. You may not this even have not taxes. Sure. Well, I suppose that, that teenagers yeah, can pay taxes. I bet you're you're dependent. I bet. Yeah, dependent that, vibes. Or you just you know, do that, or you are my grandparents, my grandma, my grandpa. I would give a shout out to my grandparents, but my. Mother's grandparents do not watch the podcast, or listen, rather. And my other grandparents are dead, so... Understandable. My father's parents are dead. Oh my goodness, um, my so... father's parents are dead. Oh my god! That's so crazy! This implies that she had been drugged prior to being trampled, but with it being an unpredictable cause of death, it was simply written off. Ivory Lawson was written off as dying from alcohol poisoning, as she was found lying down in the bathtub having choked on her own vomit. Damn. That's the worst way to die, I gotta tell you. I cannot imagine choking on your own vomit. Everyone, please drink responsibly. Even if you are a child. Especially, well, you know what? You're Children a child, don't, don't drink. drink. Yeah, I was... <laughs> Avoid alcohol at all costs. Don't do it. I will tell the, the children. I am 21. And I never bought alcohol until I was 21. That was never something I did. I think that was the smartest decision I could have made. I really do. I think I'm so much more mature now. I think that I know my palate better. I feel that it was a smart decision. And now I don't 
feel dependent on it because it wasn't during a time in my life that I was very emotional. Also, if you aren't drinking for if, for fun, that means you can remember the fun that you had. Exactly. And do you really want to make drunk choices? Do you really want to send that drunk text? Because if you really want to send it, then just send it sober. Be accountable for your actions. Be brave, people. You've lived one Tell life them. and it's really short. Tell them. Tell them how you feel about them. This is your sign. If you're looking for a sign, this is it. Only for doing something positive. We have a whole nine subscribers. Yes. You have found the. You have found your Speaking, place. This is. We your are sign. looking at you, our listeners in Belgium. Um, Listener, promise, we love you. We're, we're listen- we love you. We have a map of general locations. We can't. We don't know exactly where you are. But we, we know that there's someone in Belgium that listens to our podcast. And so shout we, out to you. We would like you to continue listening to our podcast, but know hey, Scott. that we are comforted by your presence. And we hope so that you are ours. Yeah. Yeah. This is just Love an appreciation you. post for the Belgian listener. Of Belgium. And oh, I Belgium. I believe based on the, the map, they might be on the Flemish side. We love the Flems. Melissa was questioned, but no other accounts can accurately claim that they saw Melissa running along with them. Away from the gunshots, I mean, it's been a a little while. She claims that she went to a fast food restaurant, which was confirmed to be true, leaning into her story's reliability. As stated earlier, Melissa was not sober at this fast food restaurant, and had conveniently left out the information that she was going to see her ex-boyfriend, Travis Marsh. I love him. Yeah, Stan Travis Marsh. You're gonna be so sad in a moment. I'm a Travis Stan. No. I'm so sorry. Okay. Travis wasn't a standout boy by any means. He was what many picture as a stereotypical college-age man. He worked in fast food. He was in a fraternity. That's pretty much all you need to know about him. He and Melissa had been together for years, but had broken up on his terms as he didn't want to be held back in college life due to having a girlfriend. Again, to have sex with women. I feel like I should mention that. That was the reason that he broke up with her. Okay. Obviously. She, I don't care. I love Travis. Yeah. We're all, we're all Travis fans here. She did not take this well, as she got into a screaming match with him over the counter of his work. Unlike her mother's situation, no one called the police, but she was intercepted by a familiar face to the viewers, Neil Jensen. Neil Jensen was a 31-year-old insurance agent at the same company that Charles Kirk worked at. He was dating Lily Ross and had a baby with her. Lily Ross was friends with both Tegan and Charles, and was the person whose house Charles and Tegan were at. He lived an average life, one that he was proud of, of course, and was nervous but excited to be a new dad. Perhaps these newfound parental instincts kicked in here as he pulled Melissa's side away from Travis, who took his break. He was able to calm her down. Melissa said that he agreed with her that it was unfair, but this was not the way to resolve the fight. Moving on would either bring him back to her or bring her someone that was even better than Travis. She says that she didn't think there was anyone better than Travis, and he repeated the age-old saying, There's plenty of fish in the sea. He got her to drink some water and called her in car. Security cameras saw him walk out to his car and get in it. As per the American service industry, luck happened to be that one of Travis's co-workers was doing the closing and opening shift. He noticed that the same... Yeah, I can't imagine. That would make me personally upset. 
He noticed that the same car was still there, and it wasn't any of his co-workers, so he went to investigate. Upon seeing a man with his head against the wheel, he tried to wake him, but to no avail. The police were called, and Neil Jensen was declared dead at the scene, reportedly having a deadly allergy attack that caused his airways to close. The co-worker's statement was taken, and he headed inside to make sure that everything was closed. He noticed that Travis was still clocked in, and returned to the police to tell him that he had also never returned from break that night. More police showed up, and Travis was also found dead, with his face in the creek and a spinal cord injury. Of course, an investigation was launched, but if you're counting, you'll be able to notice that that's only five deaths thus far. I'm so sad about Travis. I was rooting for him. Hey, but you got it. He did Travis Marsh. His, name, his last name was Marsh. Travis Marsh did die in a creek. A creek is not the same as a marsh, but I'll take it. Number six, Wade Robinette was found dead by an on-duty nurse at the facility he was living in. His oxygen tank had broken sometime in the night, and he had died slowly and painfully, unable to breathe properly. Oh, God. Isn't that the worst way to die? That's... that sucks. That's my personal nightmare. Yeah, that sucks. The last nurse that he had spoken with had recently been on the phone with Neil Jensen about his insurance, which would, of course, go to his girlfriend, Lily Ross. There was a short power outage on their line, which made the cameras go off, but would not make medical equipment go off, as senior centers do have backup generators for their medical devices. The cameras were offline for about five minutes. A nurse had checked up on him during the outage and said that he had continued sleeping peacefully, with quotably no changes to his condition. Now, all of these deaths on their own, minus Talia's, could easily be written off as accidental. There are three reasons that this concerns investigators so much. One, all of the deaths happened within a 12-hour time frame. Two, every single person that was dead was in some way connected to one another. Three, every single one of them had died of a breathing-related issue. Talia was strangled, Olivia's lung was punctured, Ivory choked, Neil had an allergic reaction, Travis drowned, and Wade lost access to oxygen. This case remains unsolved for now, as investigators are still working to figure out what actually happened to these people. There are a few theories that we can go off of, though. One theory is that Tegan and Melissa Gardner were a small family of murderers. So, your theory, from the beginning. My theory. Knew that, I knew it, Melissa is This a is killer. a theory. We cannot confirm that Melissa did anything. I confirm it. I believe it in my heart. That's not enough evidence. It's Melissa. It's my hunch. It's my theory. This is the theory I accept. This is the theory I feel is fact. You haven't even heard the other theories. I don't need to. Why not? Because I have a gut feeling about this one. But we can go through the other theories too. <laughs> well, it's, it's not set in stone. You don't, you don't know the ending to this. Maybe I make some really excellent points. Okay, well, let's see. Let's see. Keegan had something to gain by murdering Talia and would have known her way around her house by then. Melissa had been hostile towards Olivia, and she likely knew that Ivory was her girlfriend, giving reason to take both of them out. She was angry enough at Travis for it to be a murder. Both women clearly showcased angry, near-violent outbursts, but that's not enough to say someone that killed someone else. That still doesn't account for Neil Jensen and Wade Robinette, though, and besides this scenario, they've never been described as anything other than impassioned. Another theory is that this was a series of murders. Obviously, Talia was murdered, but the others could be planned by Charles, Teague, and Melissa, and Lily. Each one of them had something to gain by these people being dead. 
In Charles's case, he would have a fresh start. In Tegan's case, she'd get what she wanted with a family. Melissa would get revenge. Lily would get two inheritances to raise her child. I'm sure that listening to this story, it might have appeared that way. However, there are a few flaws to this. How would they have had time to plan all of this? With Charles's reaction to Tegan telling the world about them, it can easily be assumed that this was a very emotional moment. Having everyone sit down together and collectively plot murder seems unlikely. If this was a series of murders done by them, it would have to be timed perfectly, which couldn't have been done with the planning period that they were allowed. Charles did love his wife and child too, so it seems unlikely that he would kill them? Obviously, I don't know the man, the mind of this man. It could be, you know, all a ploy. If I love someone, I could not kill them. Personally, I agree. Melissa was angry, but she did get into the car after Travis walked away. Lily presumably loved her uncle and boyfriend. The combination of all of these things makes this scenario seem unlikely, even though they were connected. Some of them could argue that some of these were murders and some of them weren't. Charles could have killed Talia in a fit of rage. Maybe Travis hadn't just broken up with one girl and the others were accidents. It's a whole combination of events. Most everyone agrees that there was harmful intent here, but maybe it wasn't for everyone. Maybe only a few of them were murders, and the others were completely random deaths that happened to occur. But that seems completely unreliable. The chances of six related deaths happening in one night, nowhere near each other, is so slim that it should be used as evidence of something being wrong here. The last theory is that the town witnessed a drive-by serial killer of sorts. Someone that swooped in, made the perfect plan, someone completely unrelated to all of these people. Or maybe related in a small, small way, just enough to fly under the radar. Perhaps this was their big serial killer debut, if serial killers have those. And they hopped from place to place, simply enjoying the thrill of it all. Again, we can't really confirm anything. There are so many moving pieces with so many different elements that it's hard to make an accurate determination. As of right now, there's simply not enough evidence to make an accurate conclusion. And for that, we will mark this case as unsolved. I still blame Melissa for no complete reason. And there's, there's no reason to blame Melissa, but... I would argue that there is reason to blame Melissa. I wouldn't... I would, I would even put her as a high suspect on that list because of where she was, how many deaths she was around. Melissa single-handedly was around four of six deaths. Yeah. I I don't have proof, but I feel like it's Melissa. And that is that is my What take about the on other ones? Do you think they had any involvement in it? Or do you think that they were just there and Melissa just went batshit? I think that Melissa was actually calculating to kill everyone around her the entire time because wow. she was Wow. murderous deep down and she just hid it from everybody because i think that's interesting awesome other reason okay. any other theories or is that your only running one mm, it all were part of some sort of maybe they maybe they were connected to some sort of organization Maybe. Like, the government killed him. Maybe the mafia killed him. Who knows? It could be anything. Neil was part of insurance. Maybe he took someone out that didn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Insurance can be shady business. It can be. Uh, We 
would like to say that we have no personal gripes with any insurance agents. We don't. Or, I actually live, I know nothing. <laughs> I have great insurance. I actually really like my insurance. Exactly. Um, same. So actually, I have no qualms with insurance. But I hear that other people do. So who knows? Maybe it was an insurance thing. Maybe it, maybe it was. Maybe everyone else was just reaping the benefits of life insurance. I don't know. No one knows. Yes. That's, the, that's the point, is that this is unsolved. An unsolved, untrue crime. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to close this out? I'm ready. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Send in your thoughts, theories, questions, and comments to untruecrimethepodcast at gmail.com. All lowercase for a chance to be featured at the end of the season during our Q&A. Bye! Bye!